0: You can turn to Psalm 149, 149. We're getting close to the end. So um, it's kind of exciting. And in these, in the last three Psalms that we have seen, and, and in these last, the last five Psalms, they leave us with songs of praise, but not just songs of praise, not just the command of praise, but they also give us reason to praise God reason to praise God for the totality and in the summation of all our life not just our our life as we live it but our life of prayer that all we know that is that we can praise the Lord so in Psalm 146 we've seen that God is greater than the governments and for that we can certainly praise the Lord in Psalm 147, we, we've seen that God is greater than the generations, and for that we can praise the Lord and join in the, the host that has come before us in praising the Lord. And then in Psalm 148, we've seen that God is greater than the entire created world and the cosmos, that He's not limited these things, and that for that we can praise the Lord, because we know If He's big enough to take care of those things, He's big enough to take care of our needs. And it's a beautiful thing. And here, in Psalm 149, we are given the command once again to sing praise to the Lord. Not only sing praise to the Lord, but praise the Lord with a new song. A song that never ends. And this is the timestamp of our singing. We will never stop praising God for His works. Because He will never stop ceasing to show us His infinite goodness. And so in that we get to sing praise. We will never stop singing His praise. So when we start singing His praise, we are entering into an eternal song of praise to the One who is worthy of all our praise. It also gives us our our place of praise as well. Not our only place, but one of the places where we get to sing. We get to sing In the assembly of the godly, in the church, we get to sing, gather as people. And and here during this time, we get to gather in person and gather online. And we get to do these things together. We get to sing praises. And in that, we are reminding, uh, I believe that when I sing, I'm reminding someone else of the goodness of God. Because when they sing and I hear them, they, I am reminded of the goodness of God through their singing. And these reminders, not only are they needed, but they're helpful as we try and live out this life for Christ. But here in Psalm 149, let me, um, if you guys will stand with me and we will pray Psalm 149 in the assembly of the godly. I didn't say perfect, but just the godly because of what Jesus has done. Sing praise to the Lord. Sing to the Lord a new song. Let Israel be glad in his maker. Let the children of Zion rejoice in their king. Let them praise his name with dancing. Make melodies to him with tambourine and lyre. For the Lord takes pleasure in his people. He adorns the humble with salvation. Let the Let the godly exult in glory. Let them sing for joy on their beds. Let the high praises of God be in their throats and the two-edged sword in their hands to execute vengeance on the nations and punishment on the peoples, to bind their kings with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron, to execute on them the judgment written. This is honor for all His godly ones. Praise the Lord. In Jesus' name, Amen. And we can sing. We can see that in this new song that we get to sing, that this is not a weak song. We're not singing to a weak God and we're not singing a weak song. It is a powerful song that we get to sing. Uh, a new, this brand new song that is mighty and that can do wonderful things and when we enter into prayer we are not entering into a weak thing but something that is stronger than we can realize think of this in every time and situation that we can see, conceivably come across not only as individuals but collectively in a human race as we come to these we get to sing a new song to Jesus With every new attitude that we we come across, every new emotion that we feel, whether it be good or bad or just indifferent, we get to sing a new song. The Psalms are teaching us to pray. And not only to pray, but to praise. Not only for a certain portion of our life, not just for Sunday services, but for all of life. Not just the good moments or the easy moments, but the difficult and confusing ones as well. And in all this, we get to sing a new song. These songs are not based on our circumstances, even though they may be shaped by our circumstances. And some, some songs have, in some seasons of life, may be filled with joy. And songs full of bounce and vigor and happiness and goodness. And then some songs... In some seasons, we'll have the screams of anger and agony, the cries that come out. Some some songs will have the mark of confusion. You'll sing it and you'll be like, what was that? What was that? And yet, in other songs, they will be totally contemplative where they will be thoughtful and they will be attentive and they will just they will just seem to just be at peace in those psalms some songs that we have will burst out of nowhere just a huge praise god or a huge god where are you so some are sung on a whim and others are going to be thought out and planned out think of psalm 119 which is a long acrostic So many different types of songs and prayers are given to us. And again, the full range of human emotion is included in these new songs that we get to sing, and yet we sing them. We sing them out. We sing out our new songs and we sing them to one King one God, one Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And we sing these songs as we sing them. We are praying and these prayers are to the one we know and we believe will hear us and will respond with his love and his power. When we sing a new song, we are, of course, entering to something new. And that means that we are looking for God's newness as well. Because of the work that Jesus did on our cross, our sins are forgiven. The old has passed away and behold, the new has come. Our old dead black heart is actually taken away from us and we are given a new heart. And we are encouraged and taught how to live into that new heart. Our sins have been nailed to the cross with Jesus, and in His resurrection, we are giving His resurrected life. From death comes life. It comes this newness that we get to sing about. And now, when we live, we live new lives for Christ. And these new lives are shaped by the death of Jesus. And and His life not only the death of Jesus, but His life and the picture that He gives us of Him living on earth in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. That He came, Jesus came to not only give us new life, but to usher in this new kingdom that we get to be a part of, and that we get to help bring in to existence that we are ambassadors for. This is truly a new lifestyle that we are stepping into. And as we travel this walk of faith, it's one step at a time with Jesus. This new life, the Jesus life that we now get to live, gives us our new songs. When we walk with Jesus, we have new hope, amen? We have new faith, we have new love. And in these, this newness, this is shaping our reality. Or maybe even reconstructing our reality. So then we are given new realities, and with these new realities come new possibilities of what could be. Forgiveness, yes, yes. Love where there is hatred? Yes. Light where there is darkness? Yes, because of these new possibilities. And for these things, we are constantly singing. We are constantly giving praise. When we live in the light of what Jesus has, we can and continue to do this. The change that only He can bring in our life and the life of the world. And when we see that change, we sing out to Him in great amazement. Jesus is not only the creator of the world, He is also making the world new. And He's making a new creation in us and through us. So let us sing praise to the God who created all things and continues to create newness in us with each passing day, who continues to give us new realities and continues to open up to us new possibilities of this thing that he can do. If God is this great and this powerful and there's nothing that he can't do, we get to continue to sing and expect these new things. I've heard this idea of Psalm 149, this idea of singing a new song in the church for a a long time. And it's never hit me before until really this week. Maybe it's because we sing the same songs all the time. Jim joked before service, so are we just going to sing old hymns? Yes, pretty much that's what we're singing. Songs. But these songs that we're singing... They're, they may not always feel fresh, but we get to sing them afresh because we're being created in His in His ways. And we get to sing these same songs and although they're not always new, the work that God is doing in us is always new. And some of these songs that we're singing, not only um, are, are they new, but they're also continued for long seasons of time. Think of songs that you've meditated on or that you've thought on. Songs that you've listened to for Three months, six months, a year, or maybe even longer where God was working something into your life and your heart through them. We just keep coming up with new verses or the new realities to us in this same old song. These songs are rehearsed daily or at least regularly if we allow the Holy Spirit to work in our lives. Psalm 149 is teaching us to take this something new. To take this new revelation about Christ, about the goodness of Him who died on the cross for our sins and rose again. And the Holy Spirit is trying to put this new song in our heart. And not just a new song that we sing, but a new song that shapes and changes our life. By its newness, it is saying, apply what you've learned. Don't just sing about it, live about it be about it, live in a way that you are continually before Christ's face. And when we do this, we are learning not only the Jesus way, but the way that he would have us walk it. So let us, this is my prayer for us at Grace and Mercy, that we may not grow weary of the freshness that Christ can bring in our lives. That we may never grow sick and tired of just God doing a new thing. That we may allow Him to do these things. Because the truth is, we can all grow content with what God has already done in our lives. And we can, in this, stop singing a new song, where we can actually just sing the old songs with the old heart, say the old prayers, and never have them be life-shaping. We can stop looking for the songs that shape us and lead us in life, and we can just rely on past graces and past miracles, refusing God to... um, refusing to allow God to do a new work in us, and thus preventing this new song that He wants us to sing and that He wants to speak into our lives. The new work, the continued work of Jesus. In this, we get to join in and sing. And yes, I'm a firm believer that we can resist it. We can say, no, God. We can put pause on His life. And my fear is that if we don't make room for our new song, or if we refuse to sing the new song that the Holy Spirit wants to lead us into, that we'll be lulled to sleep And that we'll no longer pay attention to what God is doing in our lives and in that, we will walk away from Him. And I'll tell you this, I don't want you to walk away from him, and I don't want to walk away from him. I want us to remain faithful to what he has, faithful to see the new work that he wants to do. So let us not grow weary of the freshness that Christ can bring. And even in hearing this today, we get to ask ourselves, where, God, have we refused to see or accept your freshness? Where is it, God, that we've gotten bogged down, that we've grown weary, that we're just tired? And Lord, we know that you asked us to do that thing, but we haven't done it. Where is it that we've left off and needed to pick up the walk again so that we can sing this new song? So Holy Spirit, break us out of our apathy and allow us to sing this new song that you have for us please Jesus, do this work. The truth is this psalm goes on to show us the attitude we are to maintain if we are to keep singing new songs, which is the whole hope and goal of this prayer. That attitude is one of humble dependence on Christ for all things and at all times. The Lord takes pleasure in His people and He adorns the humble with salvation. Through the course of singing this praise for God, this newness, we praise God for liberation from sin and salvation. We sing because we are saved. We also sing because we are um, uh, being saved, not just that we were in the past, that we're currently being saved, but we're also saved so that we might sing out. We are no longer oppressed by hopelessness, by faithlessness or lovelessness in relationships, we are given those things in Christ. We've been given the newness that only Christ can bring, and He can bring us out of those things, and yet at the same time, we are to remain humble and dependent on Him for all our hope, and all our faith, and all our love. And this means that we don't make too much of ourselves. This new righteousness that Christ gives us can turn into self-righteousness, where we think we're right all the time, and that's never the point. Our righteousness comes from Jesus, not ourselves. And in this, we get to have humble dependence on Him for day in and day out. I believe this attitude of constantly being in need of grace and mercy, this humility and dependence on Christ for all things and in all moments for the newness that He is working out is vastly important for the work that He has to do and cannot be understated. We're in Psalm 149. We've heard over and over and over and over by really wealthy and godly people, Lord, we need You. We need You. We need You. Even though from an earthly perspective, it would have looked like they didn't need Him. And we get to remain in the newness that He is doing, that He is working out in our lives, and we get to remain needy and humble at all times. This prayer gets into warfare, right? It gets into a a bit of warfare. But we got to realize that in this, the work's not ours. It's Christ. And He's asked us to join Him. And we get to keep this before us. Not just as a confession, but as a reality. That God is ever before us and we get to be humble and dependent. And if we can keep this humility and dependence before us then we will be able to walk into the mysteries of life. The the mystery that we don't know what tomorrow holds for us. And we can walk in this confident that we can still walk with Jesus no matter what the next day holds for us. That although we have Him, we don't have life figured out yet. We don't always know the right thing to do. And oftentimes, when we do the right thing, we do it in the wrong way. And yet, by Jesus' grace, He meets us with grace and instructs us in the way that He would have us go if we declare our need for Him. We need Him in a new way, and every new day, we need Him. That's why His mercies are new every morning. And we get to remain humble and dependent on Christ, never allowing ourselves to think that we've figured out exactly what to do, but yet remaining humble with him in that. And other than um, the the thing that we know that we're going to do is we're going to follow Jesus and we're going to allow Jesus to surprise us in our lives. That whatever he brings, we will follow and we will walk with him. Now, that we are singing these new songs with humble dependence, amen? We're singing these new songs with humble dependence on Christ for everything. Then we get to enter into this battle. This battle that He has for us. This prayer is not a prayer for military might, as some have suggested, and as the world would see it. If we think that the way that we... uh, are uh, invited into God's kingdom or ushering in God's kingdom is through weapons and warfare and bombs. I believe that we are wrong. Jesus, this is, we are invited into God's kingdom where Jesus is the King. He is the King of kings and Lord of lords. And in this kingdom where Jesus is King, it's much different kingdom than the one that we see or the ones that we see here on earth. A kingdom that was was won by Jesus by dying on a cross. Jesus did not defeat the kingdom through calling down hundreds of thousands of angels like He could have done to just squash the rebellion once and for all. He didn't do it by opening up the earth or by flooding it again. He did it all in acts of peace and humility. Not the might that Jesus could have rained down. Not the legions of angels that He could have brought. He brought peace to us through His death, His burial, and His resurrection. And He left us this new kingdom that we get to live into. And so this battle that we get to enter is one that the church has been battling for years. Battling against the destructive, evil forces of sin in our world. Battling against the lack of dependence on Christ battling against the injustice that plagues this world in all sorts of forms and kinds. It battles against the kings of this world who think policies will somehow enforce love if we just get the right thing in there. We battle against those who trample the poor just for economic stability. The church gets to stand up because God stands up. This is why we fight, because we're joining in the fight that God has for us. And our weapons in this war for God's perfect justice and peace are very odd weapons. They're odd weapons. One of the weapons that we have are these new songs that we continue to sing continually seeking and singing out the goodness and the newness of what Christ is doing in our hearts and in our world. We get to keep, keep believing and proclaiming that no matter how bad this world seems to get, or is getting, or already is, is that Jesus is still at work. And we get to sing of His grace and trust that this is being enacted and well. But we can also see through the rest of Scripture, we are given weapons. (coughs) These weapons are not swords. These weapons are not sticks. They're not stones. These weapons are truth. The truth that Jesus came, that He lived, that He died, that He rose again. These are our weapons and believing in that. We have the weapon of righteousness. Not our rightness, but Christ's righteousness. That we can stand clean and pure and holy before God because of what Jesus has given us. This is a weapon that we've been given. We have been given the gospel of peace. The gospel of peace. Even against our enemies, we get to be peaceful. We've been given the shield of faith where we can hide behind the fact that we believe we may not understand it all, but at the same time, we believe this is one of our great weapons that God has given us for this fight. He's given us the sword of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit to lead and to guide us and to do work in and through our lives. This is way better than a gun. Amen. It's actually way more effective because the Holy Spirit knows and will dive in and will change our hearts and lead us and guide us in the ways that we are to go. And then He also gives us prayer without ceasing. This is a great weapon that we have. This is what four and a half years we've been studying this weapon, this prayer that we are given so that when we can fight with this, that we can fight for God's goodness to be revealed in the, in the world. And when we use these weapons, they're not always seen. The world doesn't always see us use them, but we can fight and we can pray that the new reality, this new mind that He's given us, this new kingdom that He will bring will be shown. We can fight for the new possibilities of what He said His world and His kingdom looks like. We can fight in prayer that we can be submitted to the ways of Jesus. And that we could just worship him as that we can all worship him as the true king that he really is in his great kingdom that he wants to usher in this kingdom full of no sickness no dying no death no more lies no more disease no more breaking us apart as humanity but yet unified under christ and if you notice something and this is important for us as we get into a political cycle it's extremely important for us as we get into a political cycle Our weapons are not correct political parties or perfect policies. These are not our weapons. Those things could help us move in the right direction. I will agree with that. But our weapons are actually politically subversive to our current political system. We are trying to live out of God's kingdom to come to earth as it is in heaven. We pray that every time we meet. And this is directly opposed to our world system. Praise and reliance on Christ is a politically subversive act because we are saying, world, you are not our king. Jesus, you are. We praise a risen king. We're serving a different king and his different kingdom in a different way than any, and we're going to serve him differently than any earthly leader would have us do. And then lastly, as we sing this new song, as we imagine these new possibilities that only Christ can bring, we sing these new songs because we know it is right and pleasant to sing the praises of a Lord who reigns from on high. We know that it is fitting to worship and sing praises to the most active agent in our world, and that is God's love that is best seen through the person and work of Jesus Christ. God's grace and God's kingdom come is a pleasant thing. A world where freshness will constantly be sung about, constantly be renewed and revealed to us. A kingdom where we won't grow tired of doing good. A kingdom without confusion. And so grace and mercy, as we start to wrap up the Psalms, we learn that we are never at the end of our praise In Psalm 149, it says, sing a new song. We've been here for four and a half years and now it's saying we get to continue this. May we continue to learn our emotions and as our emotions vary in life, we get to sing out no matter what emotional state we're in. We get to reminded that at the end, we are humbly dependent and that is really the life that we are called to. And in the humble dependence, we are reminded that we get to continue to listen. We get to continue to follow the Holy Spirit. We get to continue to die to ourselves and live to Him in a new and fresh way over and over and over again. And never stopping that work, but continuing it. it. And... And as well, we are learning that we don't get to re- we don't have to reject the newness that He wants to work in us. We don't have to stop doing the work. We don't have to rely on the old grace and the old miracles. We can continue to see the newness of Christ lived out. And we are also reminded that after four and a half years of learning to prayer, pray that this is our great weapon of war in God's kingdom: prayer, faith, hope love. These things will bind the evil rulers and set those who are captive free. And so let us learn these things and constantly be reminded. And in that, may we sing our new song. Jesus, we want to sing a new song to you. We we do not want Your Holy Spirit to stop working in our lives. We want your Your mercies to be new every morning. We want what You have in our lives to be fresh and new and constant. And we want to serve You. So God, I pray for that. I pray that we may serve You. Lord, I pray that we may not reject the work that you have for us. Lord, if we have ignored what you have asked us to do, will you call it to heart and mind and allow us to do those things? If we are refusing your work in certain ways, Lord, break through that with a new word and a new freshness in this, Lord, that we may sing to you a new song and that you may truly be our vision for all of our lives, and that you will make us new, and that we won't be content with who we are until we see you face to face. In Jesus' name, amen.